Mental health can be a difficult topic to talk about. I'd like to change that. I'm Marcus Pipworth and welcome to the Ministry of Change podcast. Hello, yes, thank you. Welcome to the Ministry of Change podcast. This one is exciting for me uh, because it is me sharing my own story. Quite a few people have asked me when am I going to do a podcast which is just sharing my own story. And um, I guess I hadn't quite worked out how to do that. I mean, I think a lot of my com- of my story comes out through the conversations I have with other people uh, and through some of the intros, but I-, I hadn't really worked out how to sort of tell my story in this format without just sitting in a room by myself. Um, I think it's quite important often for these stories to have a listener. And uh, I mean, I know you guys are listening, but I feel like having someone actually there to sort of to reflect back what I'm saying is really useful. Uh, anyway, I got the opportunity last week to speak at an event called Share Your Story, which is run by my friend Dave. Um, I actually spoke to Dave in episode number five of this podcast. Uh, it's called um, The Importance of Speaking About the Difficult Bits. So Dave puts this uh, event on called Share Your Story, which uh, is usually around, well, it's always around the theme. And this month's theme was Strength from Weakness. And so three of us were given the, the platform to share our story. Um, uh, Rachel shared her story about sort of eating disorders and uh, her journey with that. Phil talked about his journey with depression. And then I shared my story. Um, I, as is life, I didn't bring my recorder, my recording uh, device with me um, because I had planned to, obviously, and then I didn't. Uh, so I just I did record this um, with my iPhone. I just had it on the table next to me, so the recording quality is not that good, and it's live. I mean, obviously it's not live when you're listening to it, but it was live when I recorded it. So yeah, I mean it's it it, it has atmosphere. It has um, people laughing. It has uh, sort of noises of general stuff happening. But I think the quality is all right. It's good enough, uh, and so I hope uh, I hope you yeah just bear with me on that. But yeah, it's good. And it, I was really nervous about doing it. It sort of ruined the two weeks before it, prior to it with like sort of worry and anxiety about sort of how it would go. And I had every different scenario in my head uh, of like all the possible things that could go wrong. But actually, I enjoyed it. I, I think it was good. And I sort of really, it was really valuable to me as I get people to share their story all the time. So it was really useful for me to sort of be on the other side of that actually sharing my story and it inspired me to do do that much more I think it's really important to sort of stand up and share your story so I'm glad I got the opportunity to do that I'm glad I recorded it and so I'm going to play it in a minute uh yeah do please um like subscribe review the podcast on uh on your podcast apps or on iTunes and yeah and then also um I'd like to one day make this sort of financially sustainable uh so the way I'm doing that at the moment is through patreon uh which is a sort of crowdfunding platform and if you do have anything that you can um spare to support that maybe just i don't know like two pound fifty or however much you spend on a cup of coffee like that sort of that sort of amount and that really really does help me but if you can't offer that then it's fine i just want you to be able to listen to this and do share it with other people so i can spread it further but yeah just thank you for being here really um Anyway, I'm not going to bumble on too much more. Um, oh, yes, I created a short link to be able to access that Patreon page. It's 
bit.ly forward slash support Marcus. I'll put the links below. Anyway, without further ado, here is me talking in front of an audience for about, I don't know, it's about 50 people, I guess, at the Share Your Story event last week in Brighton in Presuming Ed's Coffee House. Here we go. Um, I've been told to stand near this blue monster, so if I like forget, someone like tell me to go back. Um, uh, hello, people. Cool. Well, Dave asked me to do this a while ago, and I've been trying to. Um, I've sat down so many times on my computer and like written out something to say, and then every time I go back to it, I like, I. I read through it and I just think like that's not what I feel like today that's what I felt like yesterday and so I'm sort of rightly or wrongly will tell uh, soon <laughs> I, I just thought like, I'm going to get up here and just trust that it's my story and I know my story so hopefully it will come out in some version and it will be a different story to the story that I will tell would, would have told yesterday or tomorrow so but anyway just bear with me I am quite nervous about it but it will be fine I'm sure it'll be better than fine uh, so um, uh, right I am um, so like um, actually this uh, if, I, if you've come to show a story uh, for a few times before you might actually recognise that I me as someone that has spoken here before and it was weird when Dave asked me if I'd speak again because I had this sort of, um, it was, I don't know, it must be like two years ago, so, but I had this like weird feeling, like, it, what does that mean, like, if I've already shared my story and I'm sharing it again, does it mean like I didn't share the true story? Does it mean I was like lying? People sort of um, judged me for that in some way, but, um, but then I thought, no, actually, like, again, it's like the story, it evolves and the story doesn't end until well, we sort of know how it ends. So, uh, so um, anyway, so I thought that's right. Anyway, so um, I, don't, I guess um, it's, it's good to sort of go back to the beginning. And I guess, yeah, so I, was, I, I went to school. I guess most people here did. Um, and uh, I don't know, I just never really... I liked it. I think that's probably quite a usual thing. I just hated hated it. I, I, I just didn't connect with it. And... But there was always some part of me that just sort of felt that I wasn't meant to be there. Like, I remember even, like, being at primary school, like, a really early memory of sort of sitting in a new class and being left off the register, and, like, I just didn't ever say anything, and I spent, like, probably, like, the rest of my school time just hoping, like, I hope they don't realise that I'm not meant to be here. <laughs> but, like, actually, I'm sure it was just, like, the teachers were busy and they fucked up the... Um, register, but like, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure how much of an effect that had, but it's a memory that like came back once when I was having therapy, and so I thought it was interesting just to explore that. Um, I, um, yeah, so I didn't really like school, and I always felt like I, I didn't really fit in there. Um, and I guess over the course of sort of adolescence, that sort of turned into just being like, well, I don't like it, I don't enjoy it. I feel really sorry for people that, hey, that's not, yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> I didn't really enjoy it, so I, I guess I just started doing what like teenagers do, and I just sort of did, would not go to school. Uh, I guess when I was about fourteen, um, there's this weird thing. Like when I was about thirteen or fourteen, people used to sort of make fun of me for being stoned, but I think I was just like disengaged. But when I got to about fourteen, I thought like 
well, if you're going to like make fun of me for doing it, like it looks like it's probably quite fun anyway. So I just did, like, <laughs> <laughs> started. Uh, so I got. Started, I guess about then I just started like smoking lots of weed and like and and that sort of thing. I guess drinking a bit, and uh, yeah, and I mean that inevitably led to at 16 being expelled, and my parents were like just, I think just thought I don't know what what he's what we what we've managed to bring into the world <laughs> I think I, I mean I look back and I think I feel sorry for them because I think I just sort of terrorised uh, them in some aspect but anyway um, I, I, I went to a new school um, I, 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 I guess I sort of felt a little bit more comfortable I think I moved away from like sort of smoking weed for a bit there and I just like I don't know but I just always still didn't really feel myself I always really wanted to be like an artist or a writer or something and I remember look, a uh, after my like A levels, you know, when you apply for, uh, I I thought I had to apply for university, so I did, and I um, and I didn't, but I, I knew that I wasn't good enough to be, go to like art school or anything, because I looked at my, like art, and I looked at everyone else's, and I thought like that's not good, uh, a similar thing with writing, so I, I uh, then like, for some reason I went to Hong Kong for a year. Instead, <laughs> I worked as a teaching assistant, uh, which was good. And then I came back, and I, um, like, because I couldn't do art, I think now in hindsight, I decided to do art history. And so I spent like years looking at other people's art rather because I, and I, my thing was like, oh, I'm not a. People say, oh, you're an artist. So they'd be like, oh, I'm not an artist. I, I can't do that. Just, okay, but like, all the way, there, there's this sort of like, still that sense that I wasn't enough and I was empty and void. And like, I always had this idea that I had missed the sort of memo that everyone else had got like I'd have forgotten like how like like someone I don't know who it was like my parents or or like my friends or my teacher or someone was meant to sort of give me like the thing that I'd read <laughs> and tell me how how it all works and I just honestly didn't know that uh I felt like that. I just really felt all the time that everyone else knew what was going on and it, I guess it just slowly at, away at me uh, university I did like the classic thing of someone that feels like they are like have a void inside of them of just sort of drinking and taking like recreational drugs all the way through it and spent most of my time I was in Brighton so I spent most of my time in like the Volks taking ketamine on the seafront or something and um, actually I mean it was sort of like and I do look back on those days and it was quite fun but like I guess like I, I always felt like everyone else was doing it more um, like they actually enjoyed they enjoyed it like they liked sort of part and I always felt like I had to do it like I just felt like I couldn't do fun stuff because then people would know people would see who I really was like this like not enough sort of thing so I just felt like I always had to rely on something um, and I, I guess after university I didn't know what I was doing and I ended up living in China um, doing a um why was I there? Um, <laughs> I, 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 mean, I just didn't know what to do. Like, I guess I fell off the conveyor belt of, like, I'd done all the things. I'd, like, gone to school. I'd, like, got all right grades. I'd gone to university. And then I was waiting for, like, the job to come. And it didn't. And I ended up spending a, like, pretty miserable year working at City Worlds in Brighton Marina, which was not great. Like, I, <laughs> I think I had, like, been built up, like, I'll leave and I'll get a job and I'll be like rich and successful and great and then like felt at the cinema like oh no actually I've just realised this is like it's sort of validating my belief in myself that I'm crap that I'm like doing a job that I hate and like 
I think everyone needs to work at like somewhere like Sydney World at some point. Like, it's like I don't know what it is. It's like middle-aged women in there are always really horrible to like, like as if like I'm charging them like ten quid for popcorn and a, like another ten quid for ticket myself. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I'm not like I'm, I was on the like, zero hours contract and I have to clean up your fucking drink when you spill it on the floor. So I was like, it's all right. Uh, anyway, uh, and, um, but I, I, so I, I found myself in China, I went there, then I came back. Uh, and then like, I, I've actually been, I, I guess I've been with a, going out with a girl since I was 19. Till I was, and that was, uh, I was back in England, I was about 25, I guess. And uh, she sort of split up with me and... Um, and I guess I'd sort of always just assumed it was forever, and I assumed like, it was like the first sort of long-term girlfriend I had. And at the same time, I'd, <coughs> I, I, had, I did this like masters in like Chinese experimental art, which is not a very useful thing to do a masters. <laughs> in. Uh, and uh, and, and I just so I just finished that. I just finished my masters. Just and then uh, so finishing that got split up with, and and suddenly I found myself like 25 or something, sitting li- living at home with my parents, like, unemployed and single. And I think that was the first time that, like, looking back, that was the first time I really, like, had this period of, like, intense depression where I spent a year just thinking, like, I'm so shit. I was like, I have no value. No one likes me. I'm a burden. Everyone, I'm miserable. Spent, like, a year crying and just in real despair. And then um, I... um, Again, I don't know what... So then I decided to move to China again. Uh, but I think now, looking back, I've, it's actually really clear. Like, I write, I draw out sometimes, like, sort of pattern things, and I, I can see that, like, it was a, it's actually a pattern that I've done, like, every time. I think when I left school, I didn't really know what to do. I didn't feel enough, and so I went to another country, and I got, like, and it was really exciting. It's exciting. There's so much stuff happening that you don't have a chance to, like, see yourself in that. It's just, like, it's distraction. And then after a while that will sort of drop and um and then you'll sort of meet yourself again mm. and then like and then I'd like try and find something else so I'd move somewhere else and like, again would or, or go out with someone else or something something to sort of lose myself again and distract myself and I guess sort of China I went to Beijing I lived there for like three and a half years and I think it was a similar thing that I felt for like probably like a year and a half I felt yes I'm like I'm no longer like feel those sense of like dread and anxiety and worry. I'm 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 okay. I've like I'm cured and fixed or whatever that means. And so and then it would start to creep back in again. Um, and I think like there's this really weird part. Like I don't tell my people once, but like in um Beijing, where like I sort of had this like vision of this like parallel life, where like my like, ex girlfriend, it's like she had just she like quite soon after split up, got got pregnant and then got married. And I and had a baby, and then I had this like real strong vision that like I was living the wrong life, and like the life I was in now was like running parallel to like the life that I was meant to be living, and I sort of had this sort of I remember speaking to my housemate and saying like I know, in a sense I know that's not real, but I sort of feel it's real, um, but basically I just quit my job and split up with the girl I was going out with then, and then like sort of just got like sort of pushed that away and changed work and um sort of just drank loads I guess and then um, I thought that was alright and then I met someone else and then eventually I moved back to Brighton this was like three years ago now and I think like this weird thing that happened like uh, when I was in China like I think people sort of think of China being this like very repressive sort of 
totalitarian state, but actually if you're a foreigner there, it's like easy, it's quite an easy life to sort of, um, like you get paid all right, I didn't get paid loads, but it's like enough to sort of not worry about money, had no like family or like that, or like friends from the past, like basically there's no history there, you can sort of be yourself and do whatever you want, and I, had, I think while I was there, I had sort of going through this period of what I, again, I would say depression, but after that I, I started um, I started up this sort of thing called Beijing Art Collective, and we used to go around and do, it was like a drawing club where we drove or cycled around the city, I ran the like sort of Beijing vegan group, and it was quite big, and there's lots of stuff going on, and I didn't feel like I couldn't do that, and then when I got back to Brighton I think I suddenly was surrounded by all these like cool people doing like exciting stuff, and I wanted to do that as well and I just started comparing myself to everyone so much like that I just completely like lost any sense of belief and I like I just remember oh shit like <laughs> Christ uh, I just remember like so many times um, just being like I don't know I, I like I met loads of people and I'm still friends with them now and it was really good but because I like just I think over the years I've just grown to like hate myself so much that like I just couldn't understand why people would want to be friends with me and it just led to this period where like I I'd do stuff like just spend like the whole day like my like the, the girl I was going out with she'd go out to work and I had a temp job at the time but I'd just like do stuff like just when she went out I'd just like sort of half get up looking like I was going to do something and I'd just lie on the floor like of my living room and just like stare at the ceiling like all day and then like when she was coming back I would sort of like sometimes just sort of get up and try and make it look like oh, I've been applying for jobs or something like that and um I don't know it was just a cycle of doing that a lot like those sort of things and um and I think it's around those times where I started to sort of sometimes just think like what's the point like of doing this like what what why am I here like what I just feel like I'm stressing other people out and like making other people feel bad. I like the world seems crap. Anyway, and like I don't know, I just remember one day being like standing on the seafront and it was sort of drizzling. I was wearing like my like boots and like winter clothes and like just remember thinking like I might ugh, maybe I could just like walk into the sea. Like there's not really anyone around. It's a miserable day and like I wouldn't it would be horrible. I mean it wouldn't be a nice Goat, but like I just felt like there was part of me saying like this would be better than what you're doing now and I stood there for like quite a while and then this like, ridiculous thing happened where like there's no one on the beach and I was having this like really like intense moment and then these Italian students like from high school just walked up with like cans of carling and like I was only like probably like about where the front table is away from the sea and they just came and stood right in front of me and they like had the music like a speaker of music and they were drinking and I remember thinking like oh I, like being really pissed off with them got <laughs> like this whole, whole you know, we've got this whole beach and you like come and so there so like and it, but I guess like, my anger towards them was sort of like sort of the shower and I, and I just went home <laughs> and I didn't really ever, but like I never really told anyone like these things were happening and I, I but I think it's around that time I sort of I'm getting really close to the end of this aren't I yeah five minutes left um anyway so I um I don't know this there was sort of this cycle and there's these patterns for a long time but like I realized that like something was wrong and I started trying to sort of work out how to do something about it more than like 
looking for something external. So I guess it's around then I started like doing things like mindfulness. I had been doing it before, but I guess I sort of took it up more seriously and started just trying to like spend more time sort of exploring. And I, I did start then writing a couple of things that like about like how I was feeling to a degree. But then like there's this sort of, I'd sort of had this idea like the way I'm living, I feel trapped. I feel trapped that the relationship's not working. I can't afford the flat. The work I'm doing, I'm not really enjoying, but I can't get out of it. And then I thought, actually, I can. I'd like to go and explore different ways of living, but I don't really know how to do that. And I was at this event, and I was just telling someone. It was the first time I'd ever told them. I said, I'd just like to go and look at, like, intentional communities and different places like that. People just living in different ways, but I don't know how to do it, and I guess it'll take me a few years to just of weekends and stuff to go and visit them. And then it's like this crazy beautiful like mad Korean girl called Nana who we're now very good friends with just happened to be eavesdropping I guess on the conversation <laughs> and she came over and said I'm, I'm like Marcus I'm Nana you had to come and I'm doing this project so I need someone to help out with and it was a project to spend the summer and that was last summer driving around the UK in a bus called Unibus we borrowed we had no money we just borrowed a minibus we got like about 15 young, I guess you call them young adults, like 19 to 25 year olds, and we just drove off. We spent the whole summer driving around the UK, um, visiting different communities all through like Devon and Cornwall and Somerset and Wales and the north of England and Scotland. And we met loads of amazing people. I mean, it's a whole other story that bit, so like, which I would have loved to tell, but I've run out of time. But like, um, basically on that journey, I met so many people that were doing amazing things that I just thought like, hang on, I can do I can do that too. And so when I got back to Brighton, I just sort of made some really difficult decisions. Um, it was really painful. I think it was that time I realised that like real change actually is painful. Like If it's not painful, it's probably not real change because real change requires some amount of letting go. Um, so I bought a van. I moved out of my flat. And like for the last year, I've just been driving around the UK recording people's stories about mental health and talking about my own story. Um, and it's been really good. It's been so amazing. Um, I feel, I look back at that time, those last years, or maybe like a whole life, where I always had this sort of, I guess, a rough ratio of like 80% the world's shit and futile and miserable and I'm not enough, 20% like, oh, okay, maybe it's not that bad. But now I just feel like so much more connected myself and other people that I just feel like most of the time I think everything's good. I mean, I still have days every now and then where I feel a bit depressed but it maybe lasts for like two days and it's not intense two maybe a week sometimes but I can get out of it it passes it doesn't stay around so long I know it better anxiety is the same I still feel anxious quite a lot but it doesn't take up my whole life and I just feel like I've said this to a few people I've only got one minute 45 I'll do this quickly <laughs> I, uh, I've said this to a few people recently so sorry if I've seen you over the last few days and bored you with this but like I just over this year I've just met so many people recorded stories and, but also just talked to people in general and every single person I meet not every single like so many people I meet they say I want to do this but, but like I, I need to like someone I need to like get a qualification to do this I need to like practice like do a course in this I need to like basically I need someone else to tell me that it's okay for me to do it because I'm not enough in some aspect and I look at all these people and I think like all of them are enough like all of them 
it doesn't matter what their job is. It doesn't matter if they don't have a job. It doesn't matter who they know. It doesn't matter like what they wear. They're all, when I look into their eyes, I can see that they're beautiful humans and I know that they're enough. I know that. Like every one of you, like you, no matter what you think about yourself or what someone's told you, like you are enough. But then like there's a part of me which still can stand outside of that and be like, ah, but Marcus, you're the exception. You're special. Like you're, really, you're so special that you are not that person. You are not good enough. You're the only person that's not good enough. But I know that that's just the mind chatter, like the sort of dialogue going around, and it's not true because I don't. I'm. I'm not. That's not true. If everyone else is good enough, then I'm good enough, and that's that's good enough for me. I think. I think that's. Anyway, I. I don't know. Maybe that's a good place to finish because otherwise I'll start rambling about something boring. <laughs> okay. That was it. thing as I said for Rachel but I think it's hard isn't it to put yourself out there but you just it was amazing and it was inspiring oh, it just, it's, and it's about those like two weeks of panicking about doing <laughs> it. <laughs> it was worth it <laughs> um, so any questions for Marcus yeah Marcus what have you done with all those stories oh yeah so I didn't get maybe that's a good thing to say I, I have a pro- the project it's actually a project called Ministry of Change and I have a pod- the main focus at the moment is a podcast, so just I think there's about thirty episodes so far, and it's like some of them are conversations with um, uh, with people, some of them are spaces to share stories, some are people that have like I don't know like published a book on something, and a lot of them are just people just sharing their story that maybe haven't shared it again. and I write about it. so that's it's like the website is it's the ministry of project's called Ministry of Change, but the domain name was too expensive. <laughs> <laughs> so I put a that in front of it. Yeah. And it's not really an organisation, it was cheaper to put org as well. <laughs> yeah. uh, did that answer the question? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Anyone else? I just want to say thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Sharing your story. Thank you for listening. Have you ever had depression? Oh yes. So the question was, have I ever had medication for depression or something? So, well, I've been, uh, I, I was, I've been prescribed medication, but at the time, I basically didn't really understand it, and I freaked out, and I looked into what it would do and I didn't and I don't know whether that was a wise decision I mean it worked out or it has worked out so far but I saw I I don't I wouldn't recommend to people to do that I don't I mean I think I have a much better understanding of what it is now having spoken to people and and I think it's if if you need it it's it can be. I'm not like anti-medication. I mean, I, I, I think that it's not always necessary. But like, 
Yeah, but then the answer is like, I, I probably should have. <laughs> but I didn't. <laughs> yeah. I just want to say I sort of resonated with something you said about feeling like you've missed the memo, like everyone else yeah. seems to know, oh, that's, everyone else seems to have it together, unless someone else missed something. I wonder, what, you sort of probably went over it, but was there like a point where you kind of had that realisation of, oh wait, there is a thing there, it's yeah, well, just down to me to do stuff. I mean, I, I think the, like last sort of summer was when I like, moved it from an intellectual understanding to a like okay I've got to actually like I, I however I'm thinking about it I'm still sort of just sitting on the sofa waiting for someone to come and solve it but I mean I think I like had sort of understood for like a, a year or a few years since then that actually no one really knows what's going on but I don't know if that really helped when I was feeling depressed because I know it's weird like at some point I felt like I was the only person experiencing this but at the same time paradoxically I knew that I wasn't but it didn't really help. I don't. I, I, I'm not sure. If I'm, I don't know. But I think depression is so weird that it's really hard if, if someone hasn't experienced it to sort of describe what it is. It's not pleasant, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when you sort of, when people sort of, do people tell you that you know you are good enough and you can do this? Because I always find that doesn't really help because it's like you, you can't believe what other people say. So is there something like? a better way to help people out of that, do you know? Yeah, I mean, that's the, th I mean, that's the thing, because I, I mean, like, it's not like people weren't, weren't saying that to me. People mm. always say it to me, and I just thought, like, stop. Yeah. Well, I thought they were wrong, and I also thought they were just saying it because it would help, made it easier, but... I don't know, I mean, like, um, Rachel, you're Rachel, Rachel yeah, sorry. <laughs> I mean, I think it's just, like, sort of, yeah, being able to sort of listen and just say like not necessarily like have not have to like give the validation but just say like how how are you feeling and sit down with that this is what i think would have helped me earlier and it did help me definitely when it happened with people just taking me out for like a coffee or if i couldn't go out just coming around for a cup of tea and chatting and not like making it into like a big thing i i, I don't know i i'm not really, i don't really know what the answer is but i know it didn't really help me being told told that and again, it was something that like, I had to somehow learn to experience. And for me, it was sort of going out and talking to people. But also, I just think like having people around that support you is important. I know not everyone else has, everyone has that. So I do feel fortunate that I did have these people around. Yes. yes. You spoke about going to China. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think going there gave you like a sense of freedom or empowerment? Or did, what you, was it about going there? did you hear that question? No. no. So it was uh, just correct me if I get it wrong. Um, I went. He said I asked about me going to China and the fact that it was sort of well, basically, did I feel a sense of empowerment when I got there? Was that the question? Yeah. Sorry, it sounds like it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just like why, why China? And because it's quite, it's quite. Yeah. It's about sort of staying at home. Oh yeah. Okay. Not doing things, and then suddenly taking this massive leap. Yeah. Um, and then 
Yeah, I mean, I, I guess like good. Yeah, you caught me out. Yeah, I guess I didn't. Like, <laughs> I guess I, I didn't. I, I mean, I guess it wasn't like such a sudden thing. I mean, I think there was like a period where like I sort of went and like start, I, I started doing some work and uh, and like talking to some people that were teachers and remembering that I had already taught and I, I liked it and then I did do a bit of work for a bit in like University of Kent like doing summer English courses for people so I've gone there but yeah I mean I guess it's weird in some sense to go from being like really anxious and then to go to other things but I think it's just because I'd seen it work before going to another place and I and I sort of thought that that's what I needed and in a sense like it was I mean I did I don't know if it was the best way of getting to the problem the quickest way but I mean I just couldn't carry on living at my parents house and like feeling so crap all the time so I guess there was an element of escaping towards something but yeah I don't know I don't know if that answered it at all okay good we've got time for one or maybe two more questions at most so or none or none yeah so what was the mindfulness practice you developed and do you do a daily yeah, I mean, so, I mean, I guess initially I, like, came to it, like, through, like, I don't know, like, secular mindfulness through, like, things, like, apps and stuff from, like, sort of, like one headspace and things, so I'd, I'd try and do that, but I think I'd start off with, I used it as this sort of way of, like, like, everything's too stressful, so I can just get 20 minutes, and that sort of, like, releases me from that for 20 minutes, but it didn't really, like, flow out of that, but I guess over the years I just did more, at least, when I was in Brighton, I used to go to the Buddhist centre quite a lot. And, um, I mean, this year I did a 10-day Vipassana, like, silent retreat, which was amazing. If you've never done it, you should do it. It's intense, but it's great. But, yeah, I, I tried to. But, yeah, I mean, I was talking this, about this with someone earlier today, actually, and I essentially I quite often have a very regular practice, and then sometimes I don't. Like, this week I've just been, like, staying at people's houses in and, and Brighton and, like, uh, round and I like meditate like twice in like probably about seven days so basically I sometimes do and I sometimes don't and I try not to beat myself up when I do yeah yeah talk about not feeling good enough and whether there's, correct me if I'm wrong, and whether there's anything that correlates with that and whether there's anything that sort of helps with addressing that. Is that fair <laughs> This is what I didn't want to do, but so. <laughs> does, does it fluctuate? Like, do you mean like now does it fluctuate? Or like, did it? I mean, I can answer and I guess I can answer and if it doesn't. Yeah, if it doesn't resonate with you, then don't answer. But if there's anything that I mean, now I do feel enough, but like I, most of the time, but not all the time. I mean, I, like actually, that's probably not true. I think there's always like a voice in me saying that I'm not enough and I need to do more. And are there things that help? I guess that's what I'm getting at. Is, are there things that help it? That you said like you feel like yeah. a bit more like you're enough now. Like, are yeah. there things that help it? There are things that help. I mean, and um, 
uh, and I, actually, like me and Joe were talking about this the other day, and there's this this, uh, this idea of like um, that, that there seems to be a lot of I think me and you talked about as well, Ruth, this idea that um, there seems to be so much emphasis on like not having any external validation and everything being internal, but like we thought like actually like we're human and like I think it's all right like to rely in part on external validation of someone saying you're loved and what you're doing is good and and that's okay I guess it's just like if your um whole sense of being is relied on other people and other situations outside of yourself then that's like just that seems like a recipe for disaster so but yeah I mean like I think being around people sometimes and sometimes being by myself that helps so I have to I think just listening listening to how I feel sometimes I spend like weeks just by myself and not really talk to, to meeting many people and then I start to realise <laughs> that like oh I've had enough of you I need, to, <laughs> I need to go and talk to other people I'm not sure if I'm answering it but is that that's what I am okay Good. yeah right great thank you again to Marcus another round of applause Marcus yeah. Well, I'm happy I did that. I, I, I mean, I'm not sure why I was so nervous beforehand. I guess it's a very vulnerable thing to go and share your story there. And I think it really gave me, um, it helped me appreciate how um, difficult it is when people come onto my podcast and I record them sharing their stories or having these conversations, which are quite vulnerable. Um, I think because, I, I mean, I guess I, everyone I've spoken to, that often people will say, oh, I don't really have a story or I don't really know what I'm going to say and I just I tell them just trust yourself just trust it you know your story you are your story you you can embody your story and you don't need to have notes you don't need to script it necessarily you can just say what comes out and and I really believe people can do that and everyone so far has done that but it was so hard for me to take my own advice um but when I eventually let go of all like my preconceptions and thought I'd written about four or five different scripts to try and learn and and I just thought this is rubbish this is nonsense just just go for it and it'll be okay and it was I, I mean definitely there's huge bits that I am left out by accident um I hardly even spoke about ministry of change in it I mean it would have been it was a really good opportunity to sort of do a lot of promo for it but actually it this it didn't really fit into that that part of the narrative I mean if I'd had longer I had 20 minutes to do it um, I, I guess I would have so I was thankful when someone in the audience actually reminded me that I hadn't spoken about Ministry of Change and I could sort of tell people where to find the podcast and that sort of thing um, but yeah no it was really really good experience and sort of a good lesson in just sort of self-belief and trust and and yeah I mean it's quite cringeful to listen back to it I'm not a professional speaker but like, uh, but I didn't need to be. I, I feel that I was authentic, and that's that's good. But um, yeah, maybe. I mean, if I do it more, I guess I'll get more confident at it. But um, very good, really good opportunity. And yeah, and thank you for anyone that was there. Thank you for Dave for putting it on. Thank you so much to Rachel and Phil who also shared their stories. And it'd be good actually for some point if I can uh, get them to come on the podcast and share their stories here. Um, anyway, I've I've got a lot of some good stuff lined up. I've I've recorded, got a few good um good podcasts that I'm editing. I've got one with a 
lovely bipolar Barbie from uh, she's a social influencer from Australia which will be coming up in the next few weeks uh, with and one with Kai Brower um, from who lives in Amsterdam and we have a good conversation around what happens when we forget to play as adults so look out for them and then I've got a few other things that I'm that are bubbling away as well which I'm excited about and uh, yeah anyway please do like and subscribe the podcast if you want to find out more about what i'm doing with the ministry of change then check out my website which is the ministry of change.org and also yeah if you can offer any financial support uh just a few pounds a month will help me to create these spaces create keep creating this podcast and the short link for that is bit.ly forward slash support marcus Anyway, until next time, thank you very much for joining me and I will be back with you soon.